0: So, of course, it's the conversation, Outspoken and Opinionated. It's your host, Edwin Meyer. Today, it's uh, um, it's just one of those days, you know, uh, we're going to have this um, conversation. We were scheduled to have uh, uh, Mr. Washington on today, but just based on stuff that's been happening within the world, within America, we decided to, you know, just switch things up. But one of the topics that I've really been touching, I would say that has really been on my heart and just some of my friends and people that I've actually spoken to over the last couple of weeks has been mental health within the black community. This is a conversation I would normally don't have. This is a conversation that, you know, is not, uh, uh, um, I would say it's not talked about in the community. And one of the main purposes and one of the main aims of me even starting this podcast was to start conversations on topics that we don't have within the black community, within the African community, within minorities communities and all that kind of stuff like that. So um, today uh, we're basically gonna have a conversation. I'm asking those who are watching, if you have questions, you can send it in, but it's going to be really an informal conversation with Three of my friends um i have glenn okoro who's from canada i have zainab Adebayo, who's uh, um from new york city and we also have veronica mills who's currently in tanzania and we're hoping that she will join us but if she doesn't join us we will hold the ground for her but we're waiting for her but before we get started i just want to give context to this show so i have this um I have this video that I want us to watch. So, if you guys, like I said, don't forget, there's a live show and also we're in quarantine. So, I'm in this place all by myself and I'm not that tech savvy. So, please just bear with
1: me. And do you sleep too long? Or maybe you're not getting enough sleep. Do you lack interest or concentration? Have you been forcing your happiness? Have you ever considered your mental health? Because those are three common symptoms to the start of depression. Mental health concerns have been on a high rise in society in itself, but not in the black community. Mental health in the black community has been frowned upon for decades. Trauma has scarred black people for centuries. Slavery put black people in the mind frame to denounce their pain as a survival skill. It is a scientific fact that trauma and mental illness can live in the body and can be passed down genetically. It is proven that Black people are 20% more likely to experience severe mental health issues and young Black people are 25% more likely to suffer PTSD. Today, the Black community still shames each other for even letting their feelings out. It is considered weak. That needs to change for our further generations. Those percentages need to reduce. We should get more people to be comfortable with speaking about their emotions, giving free and frequent therapy sessions to others, and supporting everyone with their journey in mental health. Please be more aware of your actions and your mental health, be humble and accept the help you need for your loved ones and your children
0: okay so we're back i hope you guys got some you know some context of the conversation i hope you're able to you know just understand exactly what we're going to talk about today so i will bring in uh, my guest i will start off with um glenn welcome to the conversation again it's good to have you um okay good to have you um can you just uh, can you just tell the people you know where you're from what you do
2: (laughs) (laughs) hi everyone i'm glenn okoro obviously like ej said i'm based in toronto canada originally from liberia and i work in construction project management um that's pretty much what i do i am not an expert on um mental health issues but i do have a lot of background in history with the subject um having had suffered some you know issues in the past and yeah happy to share my experiences talk about my pers- give my perspective on you know how 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 things are evolving and where how how i how i believe you know people should approach mental health issues
0: okay and and then we have miss at the bottom
3: thank you for having me back again so excited to be here
0: you're welcome you're welcome
3: oh stop <laughs> always a joy no um i'm Zaina bio i am based in brooklyn new york um i work for a public relations consulting firm and we specialize in healthcare. so i have a bit of a i guess you could say career and educational background in mental health especially like health equity within the United States.
0: Okay, great. So what I like to do, of course, everybody know what I like to do is to give context on exactly what is it we're going to talk about. I always like to put myself first. So, um, two three years ago, I was going through an episode. I was having an issue in my personal life. Um, personally, I was having an issue at work. There were a lot of things happening at once. With all that struggle, I literally saw myself going down a rabbit hole. Basically, I couldn't sleep at night. I needed a little shot to go to sleep. I will say that. Yes, I did. And I literally, if I didn't take that shot, I wouldn't go to sleep. And so I needed that. But what really, really, really brought it home for me was I was driving on 270. And I got pullover. And literally, I cried like somebody killed me. Like my somebody close to me had died. That's how that experience. And I was just like, "What's going on?" In that moment, a friend called me. um, uh, was just like, "What's going on?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm just it's too emotional for me." Told me where to go. I went to a hospital, um, had triage me, and everything. Met with the uh, uh, um, with the mental health counselor, and I was diagnosed as manic depressant I was extremely depressed. I knew the science and everything, but there was nobody to talk to. I didn't have a conversation with anybody about it. I kept it to myself and I dealt with it, but I was able to deal with it. I was able to understand it in a different way And so maybe through this conversation, I'll be able to really understand how I was able to overcome certain things. But for that, I just want us to go directly to Glenn. You know, I know there is a context, there is a conversation we had while we started to do this was based on a context that you were talking about when it comes to mental health and how people compartmentalize mental health and the things that people do, you know, to just, I don't even know, like to make it not known like if we can just start yeah. with you to this you know carry
2: us um, through this conversation okay so my, my thing is, you know mental health issues have started coming to the foreground because you know for a long time they've been left on you know unattended you know so people go through different struggles in life and if you look at the way the body is composed biologically right there's different chemical reactions going on at any given time right so love is a chemical reaction sadness is a chemical reaction hunger is a chemical reaction right and things like depression anxiety right you get external stimuli or sometimes internal stimuli right and then that sets off a reaction right and that reaction in the case of mental health issues happens in the brain and when it's left unfettered for a long time it can start to yield physical symptoms like the one you experience in the car you know a lot of people go through instances where they have panic attacks you know um some people i've heard you know faint um some people obviously you know suffer from things like palpitations i've had issues of palpitations um heart issues and had to i spent a lot of money going to hospitals getting tested only to find out it was like chronic anxiety you know not chronic anxiety sorry like acute anxiety um which i was able to scale over you know gladly but my thing is it's that understanding that sort of brought us to where we are now and it's been it's become sort of a mainstream thing to talk about mental health issues you know and The context of mental illness but if you look back at how we were raised how we grew up you know mental illness was typically revered for those people who were quote unquote out of their minds right so those guys who all slip us in the streets you know walking aimlessly to nowhere some of them probably got no clothes on you know they have to be restrained and then taken to a psychiatric facility right and now with the evolution of you know all the talk about mental health a lot of things that come up pretty much refer to how our mental states exist and um navigate our natural or normal life stressors right how we how we cope with um what are the circumstances we have to deal with in life you know and people people respond to circumstances differently that was my thing right and Now it's become sort of mainstream where it's mm, you know everyone's claiming oh I have mental health issue or my mental health needs to be this mental like sometimes you're just mad, you know, you you don't have you're not depressed, right? You're just depression has a list of symptoms, you know, Mm -hmm. that you could actually have. And people who are depressed, you know, actually are going through bad things, right? But because and this is one of the things this was one of the things I was saying the last time is you know, because you have people merging mental health issues with mental illnesses into like the same category, you know, of where, oh yeah, you have this problem, you need to see a psychiatrist, you have this problem, you need to see us, you know, and then everyone's talking about it. it, it's become such a, in one way, like a stigma, you know, where people look You know, where people turn up a nose or turn up an eye if they hear, oh, you have a mental illness or you have a mental problem, you know, because it's being all bundled together. Right. And what that causes is a a lot of people over the years have refused to or just just stayed back from sharing their experiences, you know, or putting their 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 issues out there because they don't want to be stigmatized. And that's easily how it goes, you know, under the radar. And then people, you know, get bogged down or you have all these things accumulate and then have these unwanted reactions on your physical being.
3: Okay, so Zainab? I I definitely agree with a lot of the things that you're saying, Glenn. I feel like the pandemic really brought to light the conversation about mental health. I think that people, probably always had issues mentally going on, but now that we were stuck in our home for, you know, now it's a year, I mean, it's been a year since last week. Now the conversation is being had about like how people feel and like we're talking about our feelings and it's unfortunate that a pandemic had to happen in order for people to feel more comfortable talking about their feelings. I know with me, I was never really open about my feelings until like a lot of my friends and close family members were like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Like, how do I deal with this? And I'm like, okay, wait, like a lot of things that they're describing about how they're feeling. I'm also feeling this way as well. And then when I went to my doctor and I spoke to her about it, like she obviously diagnosed me with anxiety and then referred me to a psychiatric clinic. And then I spoke to my mom about it and being African, she's like, no, no, God forbid, don't wish that on yourself. And it's crazy because she's in a health field. So you would never like, I would never think that she would say something about that until you like obviously hear it from your own kids. But I think that they've had this preconceived notion like you mentioned when you think or see mental health, you see someone streaking down the street that's naked, but it's like, that's not the new picture or what represents mental health now. Mental health could look like me, mental health could look like you. Like, we are now creating this new image of like what mental illness or like having some issues with your mental looks like. And I think it's great that we're now having these conversations about it because more people are now feeling more comfortable to like step up and say, okay, this is what I have going on. And I and everyone can like come together as a community and provide resources. So you don't feel like, you know, you're being left out on your own. Because I know that the suicide rate has definitely increased tenfold. Yeah since the beginning of the pandemic which is absolutely crazy but i mean it's in a way i know it's gonna like cause controversy it's understandable (laughs) people have been locked up in their household for a year and i think it's like you have to think about it this is how people in prison feel like people in solitary confinement feel like they have to sit in a small cubicle box without being able to leave their their house for a certain amount of time. And it, it, you're gonna get bo- all those issues that you're having is just gonna bottle up and you're gonna explode on the wrong person. So I think we should just admit that we have an issue and then seek help rather than it resorting down the path that we don't want it to resort down, which is unfortunate, like loss of life.
0: And I think it's very important and we need to put context on this particular situation because coming from the African culture, coming from our parents who, you know, when you talk about, like um, Glenn mentioned earlier, when you say someone have a mental issue, we direct define it straight to craziness, schizophrenia, uh, 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 madness. I mean, that's where it goes. But then there are people who have can have some level of anxiety. That's a mental state. The depression is a mental state. They move from one, because I think what I have noticed about myself is that I move from one emotional state to the other constantly during the day. Does that mean I'm I'm bipolar? Does that mean I'm crazy? But it's just my emotions. I think like uh, there are some, when the weather is bad, we have certain kinds of emotion. Like maybe you don't wanna be bothered with nobody. Maybe you don't wanna talk to nobody. Maybe you don't wanna go out. But I think like Zainab said, because of the pandemic, It has made us to become in tune with our surroundings and also in tune with our feelings. So when you have sat home for 12 months, probably maybe had enough Zoom calls, you're done with it. And so you sit there and you probably start to realize, okay, why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting this way? Why am I so snappy today? But guess what? You probably have been snappy all the time. But because our life was always on the run, we had so many things to do. We didn't really realize that the fact that you went to get gas and somebody, uh, 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 uh and the other person didn't want to leave the, the 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 gas pool, and you got ready for sure, and just drove off. You really didn't, didn't look at it back then as an issue. You just went to a different gas station, and got gas. But during this pandemic, where now you can sit down and realize, I'm like, okay. Could I just have sat there and waited and get gas? Why did I get so flustered and so upset? And I had to drive away to go spend another five or ten minutes just to get to another gas station when i could have them spend the five or ten minutes just sit there waiting for that person to leave and so i think all of these things have happened within this year within how many months we've been home to really get us to understand that these conversations need to be had we have those who have kids their kids are also traumatized with this stuff and then there are a lot of um life events that have happened that have really traumatized us, that actually taken us, like I said, from one emotional state or one emotional level to the other. And so um, as Black people, I think we are really, really great at hiding our feelings. Like, I think it's extremely, uh, I don't even know how to get it out, but I think as Black people, as a Black community, it's really been a thing where Zainab, how are you? I'm okay. Oh, okay. And you just keep on moving. But what I have learned is to ask, how are you doing? And person said, okay, But how are you really doing? And then you get feedback, you start to get uh, um, other questions. And I say that because I have a friend who had a baby during COVID and she had COVID twice. And she had a baby so we're talking about post-traumatic stress lost her dad i think right before covid had a baby and got COVID. and when you ask her hey how are you she's like, oh i'm fine i'm like no you're not what's going on she's like oh, no you're not fine what's going on and then we started to have a conversation a text message back and forth by the time you look we like been talking for hours because there is a lot of things that are going on within the person that we're really not addressing. So, the fact that um, I just want to put it out for Zainab like the fact that you know you had this um, conversation with your mom, I don't look at it in the sense where you know it's a conversation with my mom. Why did my mom feel that way? What triggered her to respond in the way she responded? Is it just the norm or is it? Are there triggering factors that made her to respond the way she respond? And I think I want us, I want us to really look at that, like the things that make us respond or have certain emotions that we didn't really focus on before, and now we're looking at it. So, Glenn, you can just jump in.
2: Uh, you know, a few, a few things to cover. Um, one, I know you're talking about emotional states, um, mental states, mental issues mental illnesses i think there's a need to be to to to, you know put all these things you know just distinguish all these things right because what 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 i feel happens a lot these days is that everybody just compounds everything you Mm -hmm. know um when it comes to black people and mental health issues especially black people in the western world right um you know there's a lot of things that black people as black people in the western world have to deal with that other black people don't typically have to deal with you don't have such high cases cases of depression you know back in africa that from my experience right as much as you hear about it here not that people aren't going through stuff and i think most of my depressive states have been there you know compared to here so I, i i understand that you know people go through things um but how they, how they how they respond to it is different primarily based on their context right um there was a study back i can't remember the year or the exact study but what it went to show was that most of the happiest countries or the countries with some of the highest um it's called human development in the indices, index so human development index some of the countries with the highest rates right where meaning that people are you know Happy or living good enough lives, right? Some of those countries had higher rates of suicide.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You would think, like some of the highest rates of suicide come from the Nevi- i mean, the Nordic countries, right? You know, you would imagine that they should be all be living extremely well. But what 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 is served to prove, or what it, what it, what what the theory stated was that basically the sense of isolation, you know, dealing with an issue right can further spur it out into getting bigger or more you know convoluted right and then you have people who who everyone around them seemingly is having a great time
1: mm-hmm. and
2: they're the ones going through whatever they're going through alone you know i don't think you know a lot of people on the outside like saying i was talking about people in jail i don't think a lot of people on the outside you know have obviously they've not we've not experienced anything compared to what people in jail are going through but they're going through every day right are yeah. not they're not particularly jumping off the ledge you know or trying to kill themselves that often i'm not quoting statistics here right but it's more contextual so if you're in a space where everyone is seemingly having a bad time it becomes you know a rite of passage right if it feels like okay we're all going through this together in africa when everybody else is catching hard time catching hard time just with them so you know okay but here you pay your bills you know you can't get the care you need you don't got your insurance right your car refused to work then everybody else's car is working your boss is calling to find out why why can't you do this they're cutting your light off all these things are happening to you in isolation right it helps to compound whatever it is you're going through and that can lead you down to down a slippery slope towards mental health issues and further down to what i'll consider mental health illnesses because i think mental health issues can lead you to illnesses where those reactions force out you know physical symptoms of something going wrong you know however going back i'm not of the school of thought that everything should be bucket you know bucketed into that mental health issue because people tend to abuse it a lot everybody now is like oh yeah my mental health i mean it's good to to care about your mental health and talk to people it's good to have friends you know or if you don't have friends You know, get a shrink. Somebody. It's good to express yourself or journal or you know, talk. But not everything you're going through is a mental health issue. Sometimes you are just mad. You know, sometimes you're just sad. Sometimes you just feel anger. It's a human. It's a human state. Every human will most likely feel it in their lives. Like you cannot go through life posting all the time, right? You can't go through life happy all the time. It's I mean near impossible, right? You're you're going to Experience those fluctuations. Serotonin levels are gonna go up. Serotonin levels are gonna go down. You know, okay. based on external factors. You know, being feeling sad is a is a human state. You know, it's almost like you find people a lot of people now, and I don't know if they're just doing it for clout, right? They're almost seemingly avoiding experiencing human emotion. You know, mm. you don't be, be upset. Oh, this person upset me my mental. stuff no, you're just mad that you can't get what you want or stuff's not happening for you. You're not really going through unquote you know stuff that affects people and leads them down the path of you know so that's one thing you know i want i want to clearly break it up and then with regards to like you know the, his, the history around how we've been conditioned to look at these issues you know our backgrounds and our understanding it is what it is and i'll be honest with you i'm sure 100 years ago mental health issues was not really a thing because it really wasn't right people were catching people had more quote-unquote important things to worry about than their mental states they understood okay you know you're feeling bad unless you're actually going off off the off the off the wall it wasn't that major an issue right because people were dying from wars you know people were being killed in the streets or bad things were really happening you know there was famine and stuff You know, but now we have more. We exist in a world where there's more, where pretty much all our needs are supposed to be met. You know, so when we fall out of that 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 gap of where our needs are supposed to be met, we start to feel some type of way. You know, which which of which those feelings are a bit negative. You know, and we yearn to get rid of them. So you have all these spur-ons of, you know, people in any any blessed state, just screaming, oh, I'm depressed. You are not depressed. You are mad. Drink some water. Sleep it off <laughs> <we'll start working laughs> It's re- no seriously. Sometimes you're just mad, you know. And sometimes I want to tell people, I'm like, you are not. Stop making it hard for those who are actually depressed. I you agree. Know, I agree. Is depressed, just they, you know, you you water it down for people who actually
3: have serious issues.
0: Thank you, thank you. Which but let brings let bring Zainab in.
3: So I I want to actually clarify a few things that you said, Glenn, and you can also feel free to chime in. But I think the problem stems from when we're younger, right? So whenever you're sad or you're mad, it's usually the following question is why, right? It's never usually a what are the things that are making you feel this way, okay? So if I'm sad, if you ask me like why, like okay, I'm sad, right? It's like okay, well, what are the things that are making you feel sad? Either it's like, I can't pay my bill, I can't do this, I can't, I didn't eat the food that I wanted to eat today. So then by listing the things that are making me feel sad, you can then speak to me and decipher, okay, this shouldn't make you feel this way because X, Y, and Z. So a lot of the times people are just saying, like, I'm sad, I'm mad, and then lead on to, like, I'm depressed because they don't know how to break down the things that are making them feel this way to sort of kind of analyze, like, okay, like, this shouldn't really make you feel this way because these are easily solvable things. And these are how you can solve them because we're so used to asking, why, why, why? It's so, it feels like an attack, like, okay, like, damn, I shouldn't feel sad or mad because this person asking me, why am I feeling this way? Instead of us just like asking, okay, why are you, I mean, how are the things like, what are the things that are making you, you know, feel this way? So I think that instead of saying like, they're just chasing it for clout or like they're watering down the way that other they just don't know how to express their feelings because in childhood they've always been felt on they've always been put on the defense of how they you know they feel because they feel like somebody's gonna ask them why are they feeling this way. You understand what I'm saying?
2: I definitely get it. Right. Mm-hmm. My thing is and I don't want to be anti, you know, people expressing themselves, but right. you know I, you know, I, I'm always very grateful for the fact that I've, you know, lived across three continents, you know, met so many people, been able to experience a lot of things. And what I'm saying is that you there's always, I won't say two sides to the story, but multiple sides to every story, right? And this is how I go through, like, understanding that I'm one in A billion humans on the planet, right? Everybody got their own thing going on, right? You know, so I have to be also be very considerate that although I am the center of my universe, other people are also the center of their universe, and that's how the universe works. When somebody asks me a question like, What's going on with you, right? And you know, I'm like, I'm not doing great, and you follow up with a why. I mean, and I'm not forcing everybody to really think about how other people ask questions because that's unfair, not everybody. But I make the conscious effort to 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 inquire, you know, think at least why are they, why do they want to know more? You know, if it's someone dodgy that I feel wants to gossip, I'll just, you know, find some shady excuse, right? If it's someone that I feel actually cares, I might share. I might share part of what I'm going through. And that happens with a lot of people. You know, you're you're talking about, you know, how parents, how your parents responded about you getting it's just their worldview at the end of the day it's just their worldview as an adult you're responsible for you know your carrying out your what's what's good for you you know so you as a person you have to be able to take in information stimuli from the world what other people are giving you and then as an adult right make decisions for yourself you know that's what it is so but you have to do it from a place of empathy and understanding otherwise you end up being upset all the time because if I'm already upset and then somebody comes now to ask me why I'm upset then I get vexed again why the person be asking it's just compounding my vexation it does yeah. not anybody
0: so you, know? you are getting you are getting vexed because you are vexed because of the vex that the person have made you vex exactly
2: at, at, at <laughs> extra vex on the vex that already didn't want to be vexed.
0: Now, now you but what I want, I did, I like, what both of you guys have talked about, and what I want us to talk about now, if we can just move into that era, is there are families that have legit mental health issues, and we need to understand that stuff like schizophrenia and some other mental health problems, they are hereditary. I think a lot of people don't understand that, and so you know you have in families, especially African families you will have, you know, you will see symptoms of one of the person, you know, you will start to see it like, okay, why this person acting like this? But the family tried to hide that information and you're in this family, because I know somebody who has some issues, we were in college together. Sorry not to put it out there, but she was Nigerian. She is Nigerian. And there was some sort of, oh, I forgot me. I got two Nigerians up on here. They're gonna kill me. But she, you know, what I tried to let her understand was, you know. You need to have a conversation with your family. You guys need to have a conversation because what you are telling me, like what she was diagnosed with in college, with a schizophrenia, I'm like, the not even the, the therapist for that, it's hereditary. Mm. Somebody in your family and as close bloodline has it. The village people, it's village <laughs> Not people
2: the village people. The village people are out to get people in these streets. You cannot ignore this.
3: <laughs> so um, see, EJ, yeah. Okay, so here's my thing, right? I think a lot of us don't understand that we come from a place of privilege. Privilege, health is privilege. Unfortunately, it should not be privilege because everyone should have equal access to health and health care. But because her family is not as knowledgeable, and maybe it might have been started from the village. We have to understand that a lot of the village people didn't have books or internet or any of these resources to be able to properly define schizophrenia and you know associate how s- certain people are behaving and say, okay, this person's doing this, 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 this must mean that they have schizophrenia. We on this call are fortunate enough to have like access to all these things where we're able to say like, okay, you know, I think that this person is like, Whatever their behavior is is associated with schizophrenia. So I think whenever we speak about this, we have to take a step back and like check ourselves and check our privilege at the door and say, like, okay, we're coming from a more worldly view and like we're speaking to these people and we're telling them how to advise their family, but we're not necessarily, you know, understanding like their family history, their family background, and their family culture when it comes to like access to healthcare, because healthcare unfortunately is privilege.
2: Context, right? Exactly what I was talking about. It's all about context. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, I was saying a lot of those things out of chest, you know, to talk about British people. I don't really care about juju. Um, but you know
0: ah, juju real though.
2: That's composition for a different day. <laughs> you know, and I've lost my treat of thought. But anyway, what I was talking about is it's all very contextual. You know, you're dealing with people who don't understand. But what's important in talking about context is that and people have said this, you know, before. When you know better you do better do better exactly. and I hope that every everybody gets to know better in their lives the honest truth is that we're all just human beings a mix of matter and energy you know existing in space at some point in time right yeah, it's unfortunate that people maybe that lived in 1800 bc had some issues and nobody really cared and they died you know people in this day and age will have issues and they might die or whatever the problem is right but if you know better if you know that you're going you're, you have an issue or things don't feel great, right? Mm. Talk to someone. Your family people are not the only people on the planet. Okay. Right? If you know you need to talk to someone, talk to someone. Get friends. You can just be fussy all the time. You have to make friends and some be some are fussy. But yes, some of you are just fussy. You don't have friends. You have to ha- be friendly to other people and you know, be welcoming to them, talking to you so you can have the time to talk to them. You have to be nice. You know, humans are social beings. Right. I mean, (laughs) that was a a bit of a joke, but um, but yeah, you know, I think as an adult, you know, if you come from a place where your background is a hindrance and you know that your background is a hindrance, try to evaluate your current state and look for other avenues to improve. You're not a tree, you know, if you are stuck in a situation, you can get up, you can move, you can adjust your situation, or at least you can try.
0: I like what you said because it takes us into the next, um pro- next conversation, which is still focused on mental health. But I want us to look at this situation. So we had Meghan Markle, who was basically is married to Prince Harry in the palace the royal family and this lady of course we all watched the interview with her and oprah she and harry and she talked about her mental state but you just said that you know you give us context on you know when you do have mental issues you need to talk to somebody if you can't get somebody to talk to like you know you gotta find somebody but we're talking about these people who should have access to every service in the world and she was denied access to that service for me personally i am still dealing with the trauma that she had to do with knowing that i can get I, I can it's a possibility that i can get it but i can't get it anybody can jump in
2: why are you swallowing panadol for somebody with this headache why help me understand no, i watched that interview yeah and this was a conversation the other day I watched that interview and I, I, I will not victim shame, I will not victim blame, but I think at the end of the day, Megan did what was right, right? Mm-hmm. You know, she stepped out of the royal family, you know, she went ahead to do what she needed to do. But let's not ignore the fact that the royal family is an institution. Everybody in that institution has nothing else to do but to wake up and exist. Everything is taking care of them everything you don't have to worry about your bath water i don't know if they gave them baths i'm pretty sure they'd have to bathe themselves you know but you won't have to worry about nothing you don't have to think about what outfit you need to wear what you're going to eat unless you want to eat something different right you have megan was an outsider i think Meg, the problem with megan was she went in with expectations based on what we've all seen on television nobody that'll be present first harry was not in line to the throne nobody's gonna be giving you uh, 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 tips on how to curtsy or do the royal wave. You know, I watched that in a movie. I thought it was cute, but I mean, if one of the weirdest princess wants to marry, like, I don't expect nobody to come and teach me. And if you're not taught, you can not get vexed. You know, certain things happen. in The way she laid out her story to me, right? I was just bombarded with. You know what? I think she had too many expectations of the royal family that were that fell short, and she had a problem with it. Right? And then the compounded to wherever she is now. You know, and I'm not her. I don't know what she went through. I can't say how much she went through. All I'm just saying is based off the little bits of the interview she gave. You know, I feel, and it's unfortunate. You know, it's, it's unfortunate and she had to deal with some of those things. And that's why I saw some memes after that, you know, all the money they got, like, why are we worried about what Meghan and Harry are going through? You know, I have my own theories around how their lives have been orchestrated for fame and fortune by the likes of Oprah Winfrey and Tyler Perry. But that is beyond me to stay here. That's a whole different conversation. Where above, above you. Way above me. <laughs>
0: but sign up, chime in, chime in. What, what, when you watch that video with the context of mental health, what was your takeaway?
3: Well, my thing is, of course, they're not gonna allow her to seek help. It's all about optics. If the media were to find out that Meghan Markle was seeking help, like, I feel like it would validate every rumor that you've ever heard about the royal family. I mean, we've all probably seen the crown and we've watched it and we're just like sipping our tea. And I'm like, look at this drama, look at these people like ugh, white trash. (laughs) 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 So it's like, of course they would not let you like, you know, seek help, which is unfortunate. But like unfortunately, I feel like she had to have known what she was signing up for, you know? Like she can't sit here and say like she's oblivious like oblivious to like, you know, all the things that were going on. Like even us we read things in the tabloids and we're like, that not that's not true. But I don't even want to put myself in that situation to to find out whether or not like that's true because just that's that's just the type of person that I am. I mean What's the saying? The saying is love is blind. So maybe like all those things were just beyond her. And she's like, you know what? I just wanna focus on my man, like forget all, forget about all of that. Like, and then I guess she got into it and she got into too deep and she's like, you know what? Like, this is not what everything was. Like, it's not all like cookies and cake, like Glenn had mentioned, you know? I mean, it's unfortunate, but it's just like, what do you, what exactly could you do about the situation? Mm-hmm. And I guess with her, she's fortunate enough to have a man that took her out of that situation. Because when we think about Diana, like may she rest in peace, her man didn't give two shits. (laughs) He was like, okay, you could leave. And we saw that from the beginning. So like, I think she has to see that like she should be really appreciative that her man like backed her completely to like just get out of that situation. And for me, I think
0: looking at the story or watching the interview and understanding the story, and me having to—I love the royal family. Let me put that yeah. out so I Understand? I love the royal family. I think the fact that society looked at a family, chose that family for optics, for an example of what a family is supposed to look like in a country—I don't. I, for me it's just a wild moment like okay so you guys are telling me that's four, a couple of white men just woke up one day and say you know what we're gonna just make this family to be optics they're gonna go around the world they're gonna go around everything and they're gonna just represent the nation and it's gonna be only this one family i don't know if anybody has thought about that like it's that one family in order for you to have that responsibility you have to be married to the family that's not how it happens i'm just saying that's how i looked at it i just looked at it that way
2: if you think about it these things these things came from ages back right where you had families that were really wealthy and controlled a significant portion of the wealth right and Mm -hmm. they then evolved to become sort of current leaders because right you know you have access to wealth that people rely on you for you know and then they use their wealth and their access and their power to continuously build and of course you know as people are greedy you, you obviously hand down your 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 title and your wealth to your your bloodline right and then it builds into what is considered a monarchy that rules over the people it's still a
0: fact where it's a group of people who decided for that to be done okay
2: so that is a very important point right because of the centuries right and if you look at modern day there's been a lot of divide even within the uk itself to break the monarchy and the purpose it serves and the brit or the monarchy and the british people have had to defend the monarchy saying that oh now this family brings a lot of money into the country right from their appearances from the optics from their their crown their crown lands you know all the so they bring they do bring a lot more value than they expel the royal budget has dropped significantly due to some of these reasons because the british people were being upset that oh we can't have our taxpayer money Paying them. So now, if I think people have done studies to show that the royal family actually generates way much more wealth for the British people than they actually consume. So, but if you understand that that is an institution, the institution Megan was talking about it's a proper, there's people working that yeah, have people, a, that's a that's a that's influence that. in that system. They, they have sworn to work in that system. Megan can't just show up. And let me let me, this is my this is how I how I picture it. Harry is not in line to the throne. He is not. So technically, if you are working in a a royal institution, uh, you know he's a royal, but you don't really give a flying F. right? Imagine those other dukes, the Andrew, the Paul, and whatever they call their names. You just know the day you invite them for the functions, but you don't really care. right? But his status elevated from here all the way to there globally. Right, and all of a sudden, there's a lot of spotlight and pressure on the institution. Why? Because he married a quote-unquote black girl. British racism aside, I think a lot of that pressure came from the racial, the racial radicalization within the U.S. and the fact that U.S. controls the world's media put a lot of unnecessary pressure again on the uk royal family. That a lot of people in the institution were not really feeling. But we. I mean, we like harry as an individual but in terms of this institution he is nobody but all of a sudden this home girl has come and disrupted all our lives we all have to be on the on the street and narrow having the biggest wedding in the royal family she knocked them out of their senses right and the americans brought that pressure right so that was the pressure she went into the royal family with you know and then it created a whole bunch of things i don't think anybody went to a room to beat her to slap her whatever kid told her that that girls yeah. the tell yeah, but let's be fair. Women are talk things to each other, they don't get vexed all the time. The press kept put out something, and they didn't realize that because they are running their own narrative, they're trying to keep that institution whole. You can't suddenly now be the one with all the spotlight on us, then you want to go and be seeing a shrink publicly. Hell no. you you know what kind of damage it does for the institution have you considered how many people will lose their jobs if they break up the british monarchy not necessarily that you can't find jobs or other things not going on in this world right but this is a this is this is a unit that they're literally surviving on their own on their own well at least a historical inheritance right and they're providing income for the for the country and then you have all these people that work around them why would you want to break up that scenario with some bad optics megan is now a small girl she could have called her mom, ma, ma i feel some type of way please get me somebody to see even if a person comes as a friend from the states they go in a room and she can express herself she could talk to her husband i don't know what else was going on with her but she, i mean let's not make it seem like megan was completely locked the institution of course will not want you to do that because it looks bad for them and i have to understand from their side you know i'm not saying that she was wrong to ask for help But I'm also understanding that they're not going to grant it easily.
0: And I think what you said, (laughs) I I had to like, you see, I had to like think, I had to like really get my thinking cap on because I think you said a lot. But for me and my understanding, like I said earlier, I think, um, like I said, I've loved the royal family. I love what they stand for, I adore them. Um, um, Diana, of course, was like the first, you know, and, but I look at it in the sense where I feel that it was unfortunate. I don't wish what she went through, like she explained on anybody, but I would have really appreciated it if she had done her homework. I don't think she did her homework well to understand what she was getting into. I think sometimes Americans, especially this world that they have created, this society in America that have created for us, it's like, you know, we have so much rights as Americans, That we totally forget that in other nations and other part of the world, they follow certain guidelines. And I think that's where she messed up. Because leaving from America as a black celebrity and going into the UK and being a princess, it's a totally different situation. Because your celebrity status has left from 5 to 101. And now everybody is watching you everybody is looking at you and everybody is looking at everything you do and i don't think she understood that part
2: i also think she probably did right i think personally and this is my own you know you know just being a complete jerk theory i think she understands that she and her husband stand to earn way much more being outside the royal family than within hence the orchestration with tyler perry and oprah she only met oprah once before her wedding and oprah let's be fair was uh you know it was a statutory invite she and oprah naraku like suddenly where did oprah come from or how did tyler pair become their friends Tyler Perry was not their friend let's be fair these things were orchestrated to get them on camera watch and see how many books and and, and things will start coming up because you got to pay those bills those expensive mansions are not cheap she was in, 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 in Canada, Canada you're yeah, talking about, she needed security for, for little Archie. I'm in Canada, nothing happening, not, it's the most safest country on the planet. And she was not even in Toronto, she was all the way in Vancouver, where it's even safer than here. And then she she needed, she's an actress, her husband still gets some sort of stipend every year, or did she needed security for Archie? Nobody running behind Archie. This is Canadians, we're still under lockdown. They they, not there's no police on the street, but the people just, I mean, voluntarily are on lock. Like, what do you expect to happen in Canada? Then all of a sudden she goes to like, oh my God, security, security. She goes to Tyler Perry and Tyler Perry provides security, like security? like this is just too much and all of a sudden there's a show for oprah and this interview happened a while back they've taped it cut off and so that's out.
0: what i and think people, i don't is. think people have context to that i don't think people understand that that interview happened a while back hmm. that interview happened a while back. the interview did not just happen so i think um so somebody said um the thing we're making megan out to be more powerful than this that's my point, about Harry. Out. So we're to talk about that, because I really want to focus on that for, for the few minutes we have, because this is my theory. Mm-hmm. Harry has been privileged his entire life. He's always, <laughs> he's never lacked anything. When you've never lacked anything, it's easier for you to let go, then for somebody who have never had, then have had. So it takes them a longer time to let go. The process that his, he and his wife explained that um, Tyler Perry gave them um, a house. For me, in my interpretation, that's what he's used to. He's used to people giving him stuff. So that wasn't like you are doing him a favor. You are actually giving him what he's always been given in his entire life, stuff. So the process now of where Oprah now is giving them this platform for them to explain, it's another plus for him because that's what people always do. They have given him his entire life. So it's really, 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 I don't think uh, people are understanding that because for me personally, I think he wanted out. I think he really wanted to get out of this whole thing to live. I think he tasted the American
2: sweetness because i'm um, glenn you're on mute but if you can say something let i me, think let me let me let me just jump in here uh. harry, again i keep saying that harry was not in line to the tone you know how many people got to die for harry to take over <laughs> <laughs> like nobody really cared harry was partying all over the place where and, and and what you said richard what is it, need richard megan it's really? not the first girl for him to to America. Like, did you
0: just do that just now harry was
2: partying. Here. i think he has taken his clothes off on camera the most they will talk about it. They were funny, oh, dirty Harry, flirty Harry, you know Harry Harry, all those kind of needs. Nobody really cared. Nobody. The only thing, the only time it became an issue was when, what they call it, when Meghan stepped into the picture. She took the status all the way up, and that was because of the American press that was backing her. And Oprah wrote on it to get her a good show and get whatever licenses or deals they would have now on, on, their, on their heads to make them money, right? My bit is Harry is a royal, of course, just like you said. He's used to getting things from the day he was born. He's never had to even want. He's not you, you if you can you probably don't even want fish dinner when they, they are serving for You, you just eat view dinner and you're happy. If you want fish, they will prepare it tomorrow and prepare in the best way possible. They're always there, there are people to cater you to you for everything. Tyler Perry quote unquote, is catering to him. Like, I'm sorry for the poor boy. Like, how does he survive? Out here i think he has an uncle the queen's brother too i think did the same thing but at least the queen's brother you know at least he was it somebody in that lineage gave up the crown he ain't got crown to give up let's just establish that there's no crown of his that he's giving up he's just i mean he's literally doing what nobody really cares you know i mean except the u.s press
0: but uh, um zainab
3: i want you to chime in because you know me and glenn will talk over your head Right, I'm like, you know, y'all got it. No, no, I'm kidding. I think that one thing we need to understand is that Harry is a grown ass man, right? So when he said his grandmother cut him off, I'm like, you're in your, what, mid thirties? And you're talking about, you got cut off? Get a job. (laughs) (laughs) Like. Usually you don't hear like, oh, like, I think it's like, what, when you're at like 16, 17, it's like, oh, my mom cut me off. Like, she didn't give you an allowance for this week or something like that. Or she cut off your phone bill because you're being disrespectful. But this grown man was like, oh, his parent, his grandparents cut him off. So now he's just going to stomp away and like, you know, just go crazy. I'm Not sure. His mother left him millions. Exactly. Millions okay millions can go far if you are a white man let's just get this very say, very- that, part. say that part again millions can go very far if you are a white man not very, only
2: very 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 far because as a black right. man, you a few varies and then yes. as a woman, it takes mm-hmm. you all the way
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. not only that like he's making it seem as if he was cut off from the world completely don't get me wrong i don't know their circumstances but it's not like you're ever going to be living in a one-bedroom apartment in Brooklyn like me. Like it'll never be that that it'll never be that of an issue. But I think for him, it was just like, ugh, me live in like a three-bedroom in Canada. This will not suffice because I'm not used to this type of lifestyle. I'm used to living in a 10 to 15 bedroom house with a, a butler on call, having 50 security guards. He was not receiving that same standards of life, And now it's like a oh is woe, let me like cry, like cry me a river. And I think a lot of people just were not like falling for that because it's like, bro, you're a grown man. Like take care of your family. Don't rely on your grandmother or what you like, you know, you're brought up in to like, you know, take care of you. It's just ridiculous. But that's what I think my that's why I think my situation when I watch the whole thing and I look at the whole
0: process I'm just like okay what does this kid want No, not kid what does this man want because you are telling me that you literally left Canada and moved to the states because there was no security for you so in the back of my mind is so if they were not going to take that security detail from you would well, we we'll be having this conversation no' I we'll be meeting Oprah? Well, we still have to know the the racist and the, the the trauma and all the mental health issues that your wife had to go through well we have to deal with that and that is the question
2: let me just say something that whole security detail I think Oprah herself realized in the pre-interview that you can't just say oh they were not giving you money it sounds embarrassing so they had to create oh security detail for Archie so people can fall that's the whole optics of what Oprah was playing well I understand this media shit yeah sorry um, but you know okay, it's, it's, the, it's the optics that's what there they is they, that's the that's the play oh archie needed security as again i keep, keep saying that canada is one of the safest places on the planet yeah and i'm in toronto where it's supposed to be the most evil so you know but just like zaynab said he was running away from grown man responsibilities and his wife oprah and tyler perry had a good plan crafted on how they could get good earnings for themselves because what they were going to be getting from the royal family would not have been enough to support their lifestyle period
0: for for the last few minutes that we have um i just want to say something um i don't know if the parents of little archie understand what they have done to him i just want people to understand this because what they have put out in the atmosphere for that little child as light as he is because i think black people need to understand that as light as he is he will never fit into any compartment of being black because he will always understand that his family never liked him because of the color of his skin when he among the too many darkest he too light to be among them they like black. black probably the white probably said say no. You can't be around because so he is just going to have a. He already has a confused life because his mom is mixed and his dad is white and all that other stuff that they have put out in the atmosphere that is going to connect this child's trauma and I think it's just going to take him to a different level. So for me, I'm I wish them well. Um, you know, like I said earlier, and I will say it again. Uh, we don't downplay any form of mental health that Megan went through. We stand with her, we support her in every way we can. We support, uh, 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 we want people to understand that racism is alive, mental health is real. Uh, uh, um, there are things that people do to us that do cause us some sort of mental health. And before we leave from here, I just wanna talk about this whole conversation about Sharon Osburn on the talk and Sharon Underwood. Because I mean, I was very traumatizing i just
2: won't say this
0: why would my asks a black woman tell me what race like what is racism i'm just like now as the person who's been black now i should come back and relive this experience
2: that's exactly what it is right don't give people air when they when they do foolishness just let them be you know that's it that's the exact response you know when certain people are ignorant or, you know, portray just general broad range foolishness, just let them be because going down that path with them, you know. Yeah, it's a waste of time.
3: Yeah, I think I read something recently, I want to say either today or yesterday, where she mentioned she knows that she's gonna get fired from the talk because all of these things that are now just coming on to coming into like, you know, light of like things that she said to other co-hosts who used to be on the show just obviously trying to gain the sympathy card. And I'm like, lady, like you and your whole family is just straight racist. And it's so crazy because Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember many years ago, they used to have like their own family TV show and I used to watch it Mm when I I think it was when MTV was actually popping and they would just do some wild things. So like now as they like are all like grown and going on to their own little show, I think her daughter has her own show as well. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that they're saying it's just not really shocking, especially if you know, like about like the whole entire Osborne family from, you know, when they had their show on MTV or one either MTV or. I B- remember. TV. I remember. Yeah. 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 Late nineties. mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's Sharon Osborne, right? Like, they're a weird bunch. Like, like who's still missing? Yeah. To- She's one of those people. Like, if she would say that to me, I'll just, mm, you know, I just mm, okay. Like, you know, you saw that, like that, 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 that response. Um. What's her name? whoopi gave um that McLean girl? Yeah. Okay. That's, That's the response. That's the
0: response. It's like that. Was, I'm not, for me, first, okay. And then I keep the moving. Problem that I think the education that needs to go to white people is for them to understand that black people aren't educators when it comes to racism. I am not going to educate any white person. About racism, you need to get on your phone, you need to Google it, or you need to go to the library read books. But I I'm agree. not doing that because I, I have, for me to educate you on that meaning, I have to relive that experience, and that is mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to do because I have moved the hell on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something that white people it's need to true. understand. Blacks aren't, we are not supposed to educate you. No. You need to educate yourself to understand that things that you say are hurtful, they're impactful, and then they can mess up another person's mental psychic.
3: Mm. Mm. It's just not a hill that I'm willing to die on.
0: No, I I am not gonna I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna educate you. <laughs> Like, like, not
3: come and go and kill myself.
0: <laughs> but, but this was a deep conversation, like I said, and I've always said, this is a platform where people can come and say what you want to say, how you want to say it. Um, you know, this is just great. and so I appreciate, um, Glenn, I appreciate zainab for coming on here and just you know, let your hair down and just giving us the opportunity. Um, we have a viewpoint from Asatu Shannon. She said, My view is that I can control a narrative by leading a conversation. I take the responsibility without hesitation, and that's pertaining to race. And Asatu, I cherish you, I love you, but that's something I personally will not do. I am not educating a white person or race. If they're not gonna read, that's their problem. They can Google all the stuff they can do, they can go on Instagram and Facebook and do all that stuff they be doing. They need to continue doing that.
2: We call Satu when I talk, every they time go, I they, up go, person.
0: they, they go to the library and read. Anyway, this is the conversation. My host, my guest host was Glenn Okoro and Zainab Adebayo. I say, You guys are welcome. We say thank you for spending an hour with us. It's been an hour and four minutes. We killed it. And until next time, you guys have an amazing time.